Okay, so the great news for Cashin is she gets what she wants, as usual, um, which is open forum talk. So this is going to be well, like, really unregulated, super unconventionally, like, It's just off the cuff. It's off the cuff. And it's like, I really wanted to sit down and talk to everybody about how they're feeling, because I know I'm feeling crazy inside. Um, Not for bad reasons. Like, I know we're, like, physically cool, but, like, I wanted to talk to you, and we are going to have a special guest today, right, Cashin? You you asked for this, just so you know. I did. I asked for it and everybody you're welcome welcome. we have mr dean mckenzie here and he is the famous taylor's husband he's such a little cutie (laughs) um and okay ladies he is not available i will just preface this every single time people hear him talk um they love him but it took me seven years to get him to speak this american is that what you think that you talk like now Perhaps. Perhaps. All right. So, Dean, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce (laughs) yourself, and then we're going to talk about your experience, because your experience is a little different than ours, right? All right. Dean, here's Dean. Hi there. I'm Dean. I'm going to be co-hosting the show today and giving you some of my experiences with this uh, Chronicle uh, Malark. So, let's continue. (laughs) Coronical Malark. Okay, number one, if I think one of our very fortunate listeners should just document all the weird words they learn through this because he does have some interesting words, right? Cashin, do you know all his yeah. words? Do you want to know what Malark is? Yeah, it's like it's a bunch exactly. of nonsense. Exactly. No, malarkey. I was gonna cuss. Yeah, it's, malarkey. It's the <laughs> malarkey. It's the it's the American version to that. So, yeah. all right, Dean, tell people what you do because I think like. A lot of people are like, he just makes the internet work, which is what I tell people you do, because I don't know how to explain it without sounding insane. So what's happening? Like, what do you do for a living? And how are you, like, helping people? Because you're just so busy. So right now, um, I work as a network engineer at Philips Healthcare, um, where I uh, basically um, go across multiple institutions, hospitals, healthcare facilities, and I integrate uh, next generation uh, patient care monitoring systems, which uh, pretty much um, helps nurses, doctors uh, keep um, vital signs and uh, medical data on patients who they're observing. So um, in layman's terms, basically he makes sure the telemetry in hospitals is working as a unit. So Philips Healthcare provides a lot of the telemetry required equipment and he helps keep all of that service operational and helps nurses obviously be looking at patients. Um, telemetry is what obviously, uh, if you don't know, monitors vital signs in patients at the hospital. So during your time as a healthcare worker, how what has this coronavirus been for you? I mean, you work remotely, so it's not like you having to do necessarily as much as maybe a doctor physically present or biomed staff but you literally wake up at six o'clock and don't go to bed till midnight these days so like what's going on in, in the land of healthcare during coronavirus so in the land of healthcare it's pretty chaotic um most calls uh covid19 uh usually related uh installs have ramped up in respects to uh we need to get more patient monitoring systems uh online um, there's been real challenges with that in terms of the scaling back of uh, medical equipment supplies, PPE. So uh, doing our job on a day-to-day basis where we have to install these uh, sort of monitors and uh, sort of servers, networks and things of that nature that make up the health uh, patient monitoring healthcare system. Um, it's been yeah really challenging just even just arriving to site and supporting customers due to um, them responding to COVID viruses and then the whole quarantine procedure uh, taking place. So, 
So it's it's weird to me because obviously mom and dad being doctors and um, Dean working in the healthcare industry and Cash and I running a medical facility, um, it's different. It's it's interesting on what the government is deeming essential. You know, telemetry obviously definitely essential. Everybody needs that. Um, but other doctors and physicians who own even more basic practices, um, maybe non life threatening, have been shut down as well. Um, and it's been so that they don't out way the supply need because there's huge supply shortages so dean have you seen like shortages and supplies and like expansion needs that have been way unusual for you or is this like just something where you know because as millennials i feel like oh my god people are being so dramatic like we're not the ones who have to deal with that disease and everything like that but obviously people working on front lines have like a little bit of a different view so like has it been an increase for you obviously in hours because of the needs from your clients but um you know have you seen a need in equipment requirements and like how that's affecting other doctors and nurses because you support like other types of projects as well yeah absolutely so um i've definitely noticed some trends across the country where like there's been an increase in like services and particularly services are like remote services uh for, uh supporting customers and clients via um in the internet instead of uh going on site to uh, access like uh, these healthcare servers and things of that nature so there's definitely a huge increase there uh, there's a huge supply on um, I'm not too sure on these respiratory masks that's particularly the N95 masks uh, there's a huge shortage on those um, right now where uh, multiple uh, organizations um, throughout um, the world are trying to uh, come together with local suppliers uh, supplies in different countries where they uh, are trying to get these uh, N95 masks um, manufactured uh, quickly so that we can perform our uh, PPE, um, so we can have PPE equipment in order to um, provide services for, to our clients. Interesting. So I know that the, this is so hard. This is, I, you're so, thank you for coming on this. I know he's just like trying to explain all these very intense things. And I always know when you're like trying to say things for us to understand, cause you always say, uh, it's always like, and, uh, because you have to think about how dumb we are. That's why. That's not necessarily true. It's just, it's just, it's very difficult to explain. And I'm trying to appeal to a wider audience. What might necessarily not know what I do off the cuff. So like, a job what I did wasn't around like 10, 15 years ago. So what would like a network engineer do? And then not alone, what would one do in a hospital supporting well, that, hospital well, staff? So it's just, it's like, it's really interesting in the way technologies move forward and what your parents may deem of you playing video games at one point or just like surfing the web and doing something stupid, like is now like, essential and deemed critical infrastructure so it's very interesting very interesting critical infrastructure do you hear that dad i know i'm like <laughs> i picked the wrong business at the end of the no i but it bit. is really interesting to see this shift in now i mean we've already already had been relying on the internet but now it's actually more vital than ever um especially as places have to do more remote work um, obviously in our business as well, like our business has been so kindly deemed as non-essential and we have to shut down because of it. And we can still rely on, you know, some online sales in order to kind of keep us afloat as you will, relying on the internet, the end, and then also having to keep up the social media, uh, social media. But then you have your industry that has been totally stretched 
been, you know, in a really different way other than even the healthcare providers, which is so interesting because it's probably not something that people think about. They're like, oh my God, everyone's on the front lines and they picture doctors and nurses, which is true, but also there's yeah. Dean McKenzie too. And there's, there's all of there's these all engineers. Engineers. And then there's biomed staff and there's these people who have to take care of the machines. Like we don't even think about it. Like respirators, like those machines not only have to be serviced by the provider that's giving the manufacturer giving them to you, but like nurses have to learn that too. These are not like flip it on and it works out. Like these are things that are supposed to take weeks, months, years of planning and advancement and education. And we're just like, okay, get ready. Hopefully no one dies. I mean, yeah. I just can't even believe it, but I want to focus on how all of this is kind of making us feel. Cause I think like, yeah. Dean's little window into the healthcare industry is great for us in a financial manner. Like, thank goodness, like his business is thriving and like we can keep strong, but it's also like, you're very scared for your spouse because they're going into places that possibly have COVID-19 and thank goodness you haven't had to go into a hospital physically yet as of the ban, you know, cause we got banned only a week ago. Sure. So I'm like, you know, how do you, you know, Cash and how are you feeling about that? I feel like you just need to vent, like just get it out. <laughs> like we, we, you know, we're all, we're going to talk about <clears throat> Dean's health care work basically the entire time that we do this mini series so you'll hear from Dean like a lot he'll be like our little newscaster from the front lines yeah he'll tell us how it goes like, in your raincoat <laughs> outside of like some hospital in San Jose California like with the rain giving you daily reports yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reporting live from San Jose California it's Dean McKenzie what's happening out there Dean I'm ready for this this is this me is too good. weatherman Dean um, but how how does it – we're going to ask Cashin how it makes her feel because Cashin had a very long-winded email to our governor. Well, DM. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about, like, how this is making us feel. And um, Dean is going to cough. Go ahead. Yeah, I can – <coughs> there's editing i can, can edit just edit it out okay, so yeah I mean, it's just like when we're trying to do a commercial and you're like opening a bag of m&ms it's hard <laughs> sorry i put your heat perfect all the way through no yes you do you have to be perfect all the I time the all the way a hundred percent so how is um you know going into a hospital knowing that there's something dangerous in there feel like how is all of this making you feel interesting question i was on a conference call the other day and one of my uh, colleagues who was an FSC was on the call. It was like, oh, that's weird. It's like, they just reported COVID-19 and he was just writing in the patient's room. I was like, damn, that was like quite chilling. So, yeah, so does that, you know, obviously- It resonated for sure. Um, resignation is interesting because I know like it makes you feel alive, but like having, how would you feel if like Philip says tomorrow, Hey, like you have to go into this hospital and make sure that telemetry works and we'll make sure like you're okay for two weeks after or whatever. But like, would you be down to do it? Yeah, sure. Why? Because people need it. See, guys, that's why we're married. He, Words of he a hero. Care. He's like, yeah, because people need it. And then Arthur, my dad, is screaming at him, don't you bring that back home? Because we live with him now. So <laughs> my elderly father is like, don't you dare. And Dean's like, sure, but you could go live. And would you, could I come see you in Reseda? You go live with Raquel. LOL. Raquel, if you're listening to this. <laughs> Raquel gets it. Or Raquel can go live with Arthur, one of the two. <laughs> For our listeners who don't know who that is, uh, she is part of the DR team who lives in California now. Uh, Reseda is the house that DR also owns. And Taylor and uh, Dean will go out there from time to time and, you know. It'll be fun. I could just imagine that. Like, I'd put GoPros on you and invite my nephew. Like, that would be the greatest. The nine-year-old puppet show between all of you. You could be the cameraman team. (laughs) (laughs) 
but okay, so you would go into a running, you would run into a burning I'll building. I'll run, but don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'll do what I could to see if I wouldn't have to go. Like there are there are lots of um, engineers who have offered to sort of do part of my task for me because they're local, so it would save me sort of flying in and uh, going on site to like sort of perform those tasks. However, um, if it was only me and only I could do it, sure, yeah, why not? Okay, so Dean is down to ride for you guys. So if you do end up on telemetry and a Phillips machine is there, shout out Dean. We love you. Love you, Dean. Um, Cashin, let's, I know, it's just been so hard. It's that time in our segment where we just have to, like, get the wine out and just take our sips because I think, like, you and I as business owners have been through probably what could be considered the roughest week of someone's life. Um, I think that I was really going through it a lot more last week. Like, I definitely, I would say that the days leading up to the mandated shutdown, I my insomnia kicked up really bad. Um, my anxiety was up. My appetite was down. Like, I think that you just have those natural systems kind of in place when you're on high alert, when things are unusual. And there's a lot of hysteria in the air. And I think that even if you do your best to stay calm, it's hard not to kind of want to emulate the panic that's around you right and you know with the panic buying with everyone not wanting to come to work before that was you know mandated that we couldn't with um the talk of the economy with other countries being on lockdown you're like oh i'm still just trying to be normal you're trying to cling to normalcy and i think our biggest fears were actualized on wednesday and so it took us a couple days to kind of acclimate to this very strange new normal what is our new normal i think uh, describe unemployed it's it's, uh, unemployed yes (laughs) obviously um you know and what happened was on the 17th of march governor sisolak came on and said that we were basically all non-essential business was to be closed um that's a weird feeling because when the government uh is telling you you can't be open um they've taken your privilege and a constitutional right you feel uh but then you know you're kind of weighed with another you know, there is a social contract, right? There is not being, you know, you don't want to put others in danger. And so I think a lot of that gets waived, whether or not everyone agrees with it. You know, I think I really had my opinion about it too. It's like, of course, nobody wants to harm other people by way of virus, but there's also very real economic repercussions for this kind of thing. You know, absolutely. And I think it's important too, to document that, um, as of today, which is the 23rd of March, we don't have any rent stays or any um, Mm -hmm. federal aid. A lot of people have been released from casinos. Like every single one of the casinos is closed. I'm actually gonna go down there a little bit later and drive home through the strip because I actually wanna see the Bellagio boarded up. Like apparently the Bellagio has boards because no one ever locked the doors in the history of its opening. Um, So I think it's just such an, it's such a memorable time and each day we're quarantined for 30 days, right? We're supposed to reopen April 17th if everything goes as according to plan. And it's just really weird to like walk into a place, um, especially with, with one of your best friends and your parents and your husband and um, have absolutely no one there. Uh, no one works for us right now. Obviously we love our staff and I'm, you know, once we reopen, I'm sure we'll have them all back. But realistically, it's just like, how does it feel being a business owner cash in? And like, we went through our first layoff Like, I think I cried. Like, literally, I cried. I was, like, crying in my laptop. Like, I could not believe, like, I had – we had to write emails and notify people that they were laid off until we got to reopen. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's heartbreaking. I think that's the generic 
word that I can kind of label this feeling, but it's more of like defeat, I think was really how I felt. Like we, both Taylor and I looked like we were wrung up dry. Like we just looked really bad. Um, Still do. Yeah, everything (laughs) that we, no, I do too. Everything that we were feeling um, was very present. And I think that I'm kind of happy we're in a week of it now. Me too. Because I don't, there is a lot of creative blocks when you're feeling like you're in survival mode. And I think that now that we're acclimating to this a little bit better, we're able to kind of pick up the podcast again, have a different creative outlet. Like we have to re-strategize our business to make sure that we're strong so that if something like this happens again, we don't have to make those really hard decisions that we were totally blindsided by. And, you know, you just don't think something like this will happen in your lifetime, at least of all in 2020. So I don't really, I don't think that anyone knows how to behave. Yeah. And I I don't think it's something that, you know, even, it's not even a behavior. No one even knows how to feel, you know, like we can all go delinquent on whatever, you know, in life and still be okay. It's just like to have something taken from you and not have much control. Even the money that we had in, you know, loans and stuff like that has been rescinded because of the economy. So I think it's just super interesting right now that as millennials, um, we're expected to be 30 years old or above. We're expected to act very mature. We're expected to have $10,000 in our bank account, just waiting and ready to pay our rent. Like, what are you guys talking so, about? So you guys feeling like lost right now? Like, what's what's the general consensus like for the, the masses? I feel 100% lost. I mean, well, I guess that's not really fair. I don't, I don't feel directionless. I feel like it's very, I don't like being idle. And I feel like this idleness is not something that we were prepared for. And it really halted us at a time that we were very busy. Yeah. And how long did we know? We know 24 hours, right? He didn't even give us 24 hours to shut down. Oh, no. It was after the speech. It was like you have until noon the next day to be all the way shut down. And the speech was given at like 7 p.m. Yeah. And so is that what felt like the punch in the gut for you? um, Like, Was that hard to deal with? Was that the, the really the thing what made it made this whole thing feel really daunting? I think what is the daunting part of it is the financial aspect of it. Like, of course, I don't want my family to get sick, but I also my Nana was a healthcare provider for her entire life. And she really minimized, I think, a lot of like health related issues or inquiries. So like being catching a virus to me isn't necessarily the scariest thing in the world, but like being evicted is. And I think that's why a lot of millennials and Gen Z aren't necessarily like having the same reaction as like the Costco panic buyers. It's like they're what money. Yeah, exactly. Like not everybody has the resources to go and, and purchase a 10 month supply of toilet paper on top of food. Like everyone's just trying to make it day by day. And it's like, I think for me, like having a very small cushion of money that I'm like, okay, I can pay my rent for this month and maybe next month, but like not feeling that preparedness. So it's like, yeah, I'm sad the business is closed and we'll reopen. But like as a person, it's like bills have not stopped. Right. And there is no, and nobody seems to talk about it or care about it. How does panic buying, you touched on that subject. How does panic buying make you feel? Ooh, okay. Like I need to panic buy too. See, I'm I'm the worst <laughs> panic buyer out of all of you. First of all, Dean is like, what grocery store? And Cashin's like, I'm just gonna go to Trader Joe's, and I'm yeah. like the one at Costco. I'm like, you guys, we have the cot. I will max out every credit card. Costco will be 
will own my house at the end. I don't care. Um, I panic buy. And I, when I'm walking into Costco, it was really weird because the first time I tried to go to Costco, it was like the line was all the way around. And I was like, okay, this is just like, I'm gonna have to starve to death because there's one thing I don't do and it's stand in long lines. Like we all know. Um, so I came back like a different day and a different time. Like I, I idled it. It wasn't the morning and there was no one, but I had less choice. So I think the panic buy for me, it's like I call ever like I was even walking through Costco and I was like, Cashin, what do you need? And she's like, hand soap and pot. And I'm like, I got all of it. Like <laughs> I just, I'm so afraid that we're going to have limitation. And I think for me, the buying portion, because neither of you really buy a lot of things to me. Like, I'm like, if anybody's getting asked this question, it's me. I'm like, I am concerned it won't be there later. So when I hear on the news and I hear like all of these things, I'm like, the problem isn't that we all need to stock up. The problem is, is we're hearing words like food shortage. Okay. Like what, what, in one week we went from uh, where we were fine in January this food shortage, the for, the shortage on food was me not having enough money to go to the Paris to eat. That was the shortage on food. Like, and our duck. And our duck, yeah. And they owe me a duck at Mont 32. Yeah, they do. If you listen to this, Nathan, you owe me a duck. It was the worst <laughs> night of my life last time I went. Not the point. They're closed now. They're dead to me right now. So I'm like, you know, it's so but weird. the duck's not. The duck is probably not yet. Well, they probably aren't going to cut my duck for another 33 days. Uh, but I just really, I panicked and and I panic bought. Like I, I did have to. Um, and I'm like, I have beans for like cash in. I have like pastas for my aunt. Dad, like, no. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I went to the grocery store. I have like plenty of food. It's just more of like when people do that, not everyone is able to do that, right? So, like, there are real socioeconomics that interfere with that. And that I'm not talking about even the elderly. Yeah. Like, that's, I think a lot of people focus on them as they should. They're vulnerable, but they're not the only people in the vulnerable people category. And so these people who can barely afford to put food on the table and the economy is right and normal and people aren't, like, Dying. all of Las Vegas isn't totally laid off, like, what are they going to do? Like, no one's talking about that. So, if you... you, you... You paint an interesting picture because, yeah, people are overbuying, but then how does that make you feel? Does it make you want to buy less or does it make you want to overbuy too? Or are you conscious of others when you're in that state and there's not a, a lot of uh, those things you want around? Like, it's like, what kind of frenzy does that put one in? I mean, I think I'm a little different. Like I, there. By the way, everyone, there's no shortage, at least in my purview, of fruit. Um, I know, so, vegetables. Yeah, I was totally fine. I was like, oh my god, nobody, nobody is trying to eat what I'm trying to eat. So I was, I was okay with that. I got my weirdo nut butters. Like I was cool. But um, if there was like a last, like the meat is like all gone. So like if there was only like two chicken breasts, I would only take one. You know, I just think that's kind of like the right thing to do because you don't need to have chicken to survive the next thirty days. I think that we'll be fine. Um, but we bought a lot of fruit. I'm like, I need to snack on that and not just on like chips. Right. Like, so I freeze it, right. Like my freezer is full to the brim. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely have a couple of frozen pizzas. Um, but other than that, I'm like, I want to be reasonable that if, you know, things are fine in 30 days, like I didn't deprive somebody of something that maybe they needed a little bit more. 
Totally. And I feel bad for the homeless right now, you know, being downtown, we just see all of that so much. And I just, I was on watching the news today Mm -hmm. and the homeless issue is just so bad. And most of these services and facilities are absolutely closed and it's raining and there's no, I mean, they're just congregating in huge masses, which is not what you want when you're, you know, trying to mitigate a virus. Um, They're also vandalizing too. Oh yes. But I think that the vandalism really matches the message these days. We have a huge new graffiti sign outside of not our building, but across the street. And what is it? It's an empty lot Uh and it says they control us with fear. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Um, um, yes. No, fear is their control. Oh yeah. There it is. Yeah. Uh, And I just think it's so that matches right now because it's very true. Um, I don't think a homeless man bought that. I don't think they wrote it either. I think probably the owner of like some very expensive bar. I'll admit it. It was me. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't, but, um, and you, you like, uh, well, or someone out of a job or a business, um, you, uh, had written a letter to governor Sislag, which I would never do because I don't believe in modern politics, but what did you, what do you have to say to the governor? Oh my gosh. Thank you for asking. I can't wait to read it. Um, so I actually sent him a DM <laughs> that it's he so won't funny. read, but I'm it like made me feel better nonetheless. One of 47,000. Um, sure. well, you can't send him an email. You can't get in contact with his office and like yeah and they limited the amount of comments that they have on his instagram so i can't scream at him there um hold on i'm just pulling it up does anybody know what a governor is actually supposed to do i can't say that i even we want to like compare that was um okay so i said as a las vegas this was by the oh it was what's today monday yeah Oh, I sent this on Friday at 9.43 in the morning. She was incensed. That was day two of quarantine. That was your toughest day. I feel like we came into work on Friday looking real crazy. So Um, we went home early for you to write this email. Oh, I wrote this early in the morning. I just said, as a Las Vegas native, I can't begin to express how profoundly disappointed I am with the decision that you made to deem or... God, I have to read this over again because I messed because up. You're that mad. I'm so mad. Military Actually, boots and vacuums. It's, my eyeballs are hot reading this again because I hate him <laughs> and I want him to read it. All right. Whenever, whenever <clears throat> Cashin's mad, she says her eyeballs are hot. Yeah. As a Las Vegas native, I can't begin to express how profoundly disappointed I am with the decision that you made to shut down non-essential businesses without providing helpful pathways to those displaced. The Nevada unemployment site is so behind on the times and inundated with inquiries that people can't even file. And if they get approved, it could be weeks before they receive a single payment. Yet you haven't mandated that all rent payments be frozen. Thank you so much for handling this so poorly. I've never been more disgusted in my life at the lack of care you've shown the rest of us. Disgusted. Have Cash so much fun paper. getting reelected. Oh my god! The end. This has really allowed us to know about modern government Dead to today, me. Um, and how people feel about it. So obviously, mm-hmm. you are very upset with our assemblyman. Yeah. And <laughs> obviously, you have a little bit of disdain. And then Dean just is like, "I just live here. I don't know what anything's going on right now." He's nodding and smiling at me. How do you feel about um, modern government? Not like partisanly, but like, is the UK kind of having these dilemmas? Um, I watched the Boris package and on Friday, and it was uh, very, very good. Live. Oh, Boris did something good. I've never heard about this. So in the UK, they're a little bit farther ahead in quarantine than us, I think, by about five days, six days if ahead. If that. I'm actually talking to my friend in England now, and he's saying that they're about to go on a lockdown. They haven't yeah. even been in full lockdown No, yet. London has. Like New York and stuff. So yeah. like not everywhere has yeah. been, but London's been pretty locked down for a while. Your oh. mom was telling me that she could barely go anywhere. Oh, my God. Well, different parts of London. <laughs> <laughs> it's, prob- it's probably the same here, right? Like it's, some businesses are closed, others not. Yeah, people just don't know what's going on. So yeah, that sounds about right. So what about the, that package made you feel like it was great? 
Um, one thing as a homeowner I thought was really good was um, they are giving you a three month holiday, which for my American listeners are basically it's a three month vacation from your mortgage payment and there's no penalties or anything like that. Three months. Uh, yeah. So there's no, um, everyone who got laid off can get their job back because the government are giving um, businesses up to 80% um, of their salary. Um, there were a few other things what the um, the treasury dude said, but yeah, it was, it. I was shocked. Uh, oh, they're relieving the VAT payment. So there's going to be no taxes on like goods and stuff like that, which is huge. It's like 20% on anything you buy. It's just going to be like gone for like three months until, and, it's, and they're going to be constantly reviewing it. So yeah, I've never known the UK to be generous and not alone quick tax in any manner. So <laughs> they do, they do also, they do also. The, the bad thing is that on every other day, calendar day of their year, they're taking 40% of whatever you make. So it's like, this is how socialism uh, can benefit, you know, in times of emergency because they've been stealing the citizens' monies for years. So, you know, if I had to pay 40% too, I want a holiday. But this is, you know, another Three issue. holiday. Well, it's taxation problems too because what you're looking at is like these states with high secondary tax. So like we only in the state of Nevada pay federal income tax. Mm -hmm. We don't pay a secondary state tax. Um, So, you know, these secondary state tax states like uh, California and New York have secondary tax reserves that they're allowing, you know, utilization without needing federal government aid. And I think like when you look at Nevada, we've always been very forward thinking, open minded, but we've really depended on a non-essential business, a.k.a. casinos. So I don't if you guys don't live in Las Vegas, um, a very large portion of Nevada is funded, specifically the school system here, um, in casino profit. So casinos can operate and do what they kind of want to do, a.k.a. whatever is going on at MGM right now. I think yeah. it's very peculiar that the man who quit two months ago is now the task force COVID-19 selling $36 million in shares and reinvesting when they go to the crapper at 920 yeah. um, a share. Um, we all know he's not going to jail for that, but Martha Stewart did. So there's that. And then, you yeah, know, there's I, just a lot of things that are just so shady. interesting, um, you know, and then once I get uh, my employment back up and running, I will be coming after these people <laughs> <laughs> once I get, uh, you know, out of my pit. <laughs> once I'm done being incensed. It's like once it's like you got knocked over, broke your leg and we're like, when I'm back to normal, I will come kick you. I'm coming for you. So I, I get it. It's just like it's the craziest time ever. So it's yeah. it's just you know, from going to a business where you're thinking that you're doing great to no one can have a job because the government absolutely shut you down. All your loans get taken away. Everything about your life that you figured normal is completely different. And I think, you know, the interesting thing for this particular series for us is going to be documenting the progression of how this has impacted business, how it has impacted the millennial generation and um, how we come out of this because we can talk for days about how it's only 30 days and it's this and that. But like, what if it's 40 what if it's 60 what if this happens again at the end of next year like what preparedness and how have we been changed forever does this go because economy wise i think that the repercussions in the economy will be very beneficial to the millennial generation i think it will be less beneficial to people baby boomer age and gen you know x so i'm like it's interesting too to be 
enticed by economic downturn, especially when as millennials, we've been disadvantaged in opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the world always has a way of making, what does Mike Thornwell say? God's timing is always Always right. Um, The universe always does. So, you know, the universe is, 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 uh, I don't want to say God, obviously that's my belief, but whatever anybody believes, it's like everything has its place in time. And I think this type of thing is so important to talk about. Cash and I are crushed. We won't, we're not even going to lie to you. Like I had my, my vendors calling me like, sincerely, I absolutely don't even know what to say to you because they don't prepare us at Galderma to no. be like, <laughs> talking well, to you, you know, and I this. think too, like as Las Vegas natives, we've never been in a time that we haven't had an economy. Like, I mean, granted, yeah, 2008, but like the casinos didn't shut down. No entertainment didn't shut down like movie theaters like we didn't have a time where there wasn't company that's interesting because i was trying to explain to my dad about how taylor was feeling uh, the other day and um i was like just imagine like a bank closing like a casino's never ever closed in a ev- whole ever. entire existence and that's like a bank to people who like are born and raised out here like yeah. they can go anytime any day 24 7 and walk into a casino and I don't know. You don't have to gamble, but just know that there's that's a security where you can yeah. like stay there or have some fun or get a drink and like camaraderie. Yeah, social. It's got so much social aspect to it too, and like that's just gone. So well, I mean, and especially with the whole like national parks, they're not letting a lot of people go through like Lake uh, Lake Las Vegas. I think yeah. it's still open, kind of, but Lake it's still is halfway shut down. Yeah, like, like they there is now nothing for the biggest like tourism city ever and nobody's here (laughs) and that's the problem when you consider tourism it's like in these times it's important to social distance and ethically we closed when we were requested to lots of people have did not um because it's a lot of um you know while there's an economy there's also like you said initially this ethical requirement um to us not infecting other people so not you know being more than groups of two or three not you know servicing patients not you know we're we're gloved and ready to go with like having to go to the post office like there's just so many precautions now that you have to do and it's eye-opening and it's just a time in life where as people we have to say okay like I can get over any millennial any person under the age of 40 can get over a bad two years of financial even if you went bankrupt like by the time you're 40 years old you're not bankrupt anymore so you know I think emotionally this is way more scarring than financially and I'm super interested to share with how we cope because I don't want the chronicles to be all about doom and gloom like yeah we're sitting in our houses and I'm staring at Cash and Dean all day but um, I'm moving into my parents house which is going to be so funny like I'm just going to have so many funny stories my mother um, oh my god can I tell them the story about Echo dying Oh my god! Do you want to save it for next one? I'll save it. I'll yeah. save it. My 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 parents are gonna be so funny. So and Cashin is. Um, when are you moving in? I'm moving in at the end of this week. Yeah. So, so wait to recap, and then we'll have like a whole segment. We'll on have that. a whole thing about just the process of what my parents are going through because my dad's the greatest generation. My mom is a baby boomer. Um, my sister and brother are Gen X. I'm millennial, and the kids are Gen Z. 
So like we got every single one on deck and I want to talk about how this is generationally impacting people differently. Um, and then I want to have cashing come on here and talk about marketing. So many of the people who listen to us do their own small businesses. And I think this time with just teaching you guys how we've done so much of this, how we're going to stay relevant, how we capture content, um, and how we're staying fun at home in quarantine. Like I want to tell you guys like, Hey, I'm trying out these recipes or I did this workout and there's so much like happening on the internet right now. Like legit how much free education is going on is really people fulfilling their social contract I think and um, you know it's harder to do that here without selling products because obviously a lot of the things we would teach you require products or professional service but um, I do want to get involved in just the normal daily self-beauty routine um, conversation on the internet and it's really important that you guys do too because keeping social online is almost as important right now as keeping social is when you're a normal person living a normal life. Um, so make sure you're social with us and, um, cash in. What is the plan for you for the next couple days? I know we're going to be writing a lot of this. Um, well, I've been staying up on intermittent fasting. I've been staying up on working out at home. I have like a BOSU ball. I've got resistance bands. I've got weights. So I've been doing that. Um, been hiking with David. What you don't mean you can get from TJ Maxx. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm bitter because Dean and I are also bitter because uh, TJ Maxx is still open allegedly, but we're um, not allowed to be. So there's that. I think we're going to have a whole episode on the word non-essential. Like it's yeah, just it's so interesting. It cuts me to the bone. I'm gonna. <laughs> so I mean. just next time I'm gonna say you're not essential. Have the best day. Yes, you are no longer essential. Not you're essential. done. You're out of here. Done. Closed down. So lots of fun words coming from this too. Can't wait to participate in trademarks when we're not poor anymore. Because I have like eighty of them saved in my mind. Like, I think I'm a psychopath, you guys. Don't say them. I know. I'm not. I just have someone like a, listening. A browser. Ain't poor. I know yeah. you've got. And <laughs> so if you're not, anything. I'll share. So yeah. I got some oh ideas. God, if dead. anybody has like, oh, that's the new Kickstarter campaign, just trademarks that you could buy into. It's like a hedge fund. Um, but anyways, you guys, thank you so much for listening to today's edition of the Chronicles. Um, I'm going to be editing these, so please don't give me your feedback because I don't want to hear it until I'm getting good at this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, hopefully when we go back to regularly scheduled programming, Alex, our regular editor, can go back to editing. But right now we're just focusing on the day-to-day realities and we're going to be talking a lot to Dean uh, because he's right by our side until they send him into a hospital where he's quarantined for me and my parents uh, which hopefully will be never yeah he's giving me the fingers the x fingers like stay away um, and then Cashin and I will be heavily on Instagram so if you have questions make sure you email us at what is the email info it's info at rose room podcast i always get that wrong 100 percent. i've never said that right you guys i'm so sorry (laughs) um and also uh check out our holy dough sponsor it's been Mm -hmm. a great add to our lives we're trying to boost our immunity my hair has been growing my nails have been doing great Mm -hmm. um and we will be hopefully back by a couple times i want to do this three times a week minimum um if i can figure out how to do it quickly um i'll be doing them daily with you guys but send in your thoughts send in what you want cash and i to talk about if you want to hear dean I'm sure we're going to get 85 comments on how he needs his own podcast. We know. Don't blow his head up bigger than it is. He's already beautiful with a perfect accent. So (laughs) not too much. I know. He's like smiling at me. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's or today's edition of The Chronicles. Tune in next week time. Next episode, girl. We don't know. It's crazy out here. Um, Yeah. I mean, and (laughs) what an outro, guys. This is the outro. outro. We'll, 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 if. 
I can't even say that. We'll work on it. Um, we don't have to because no we don't one even cares. have to. We're we're not even gonna do one. I don't even okay. know if there's gonna be music in this. That's how like rough oh. I'm. I am gonna be, okay. and it's the first one. So I hope it's funny, and I hope that you guys like can participate with us in every sense of the way because no one has anything to do. Yeah. So we're in it together, and tune in on the next episode we'll be diving into a little bit more of more of what quarantine has been like in our own respective homes i think that'll be really interesting to dive into because david has also been staying with me this entire time Ooh, as somebody who lives alone it's shack very it. interessant shack it. Shack. So. i just love that out of all the places david could be right now it's with you and 700 square feet that's right. What a romantic love story. That's right. Don't get any ideas, Dean. You're not moving into an apartment. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. And uh, cash in on what day do we drink pink now? Every day. Every day. And on every day, we, we drink, record a podcast. On every we drink day, pink. we drink until the podcast yeah. is done. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Bye, guys.